whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. Good morning, friends. So excited to be here today. I come to you after about an hour of technical difficulties, now only having a few minutes to record, but I'm recording anyways because I believe God wants me to after about 40, 45 minutes of trying to figure out how to get this camera to work this morning. I just finally said, God, okay, God, if you want me to record, make it work. And within a couple minutes, I rebooted and here I am. So hopefully there's someone out there. I believe there's someone out there that maybe can hear something from my anointed mess of a message. So here I go. I was excited yesterday because I read something kind of crazy on social media. I don't know how many of us read crazy things on social media, probably any of us who are on social media. And you know, people say things sometimes just to get your attention. And there's a gimmick and it's those, uh, I was going to call it crazy wisdom, you know, where something sounds maybe a little bit off first, but then you think about it, go, oh, yeah. And it's also like they use that in advertising. I think of, you know, where's the beef in the Wendy's commercials? Well, the beef's right there. It's a hamburger, but obviously they were meaning something different about wanting to get more quality for your money and more substance for your money. And Jesus said things that sounded crazy, but had all of this wisdom in them. Uh, Whoever wants to be first must be last. Well, how does that make sense? You have to be born again. Well, how can I go back in my mother's womb? You know, all these things that just sound utterly ridiculous when you first hear them, but then you think about them and there's like wisdom hidden in this seemingly crazy term. Well, I'm not sure this will necessarily, this comment I read yesterday will make any jingles or any advertisements or definitely won't make scripture that that baby's already closed but what i read the other day you may be listening to the person who who wrote this was i kind of wish i had an exoskeleton instead of bones i think it would be better (laughs) so i chuckled when i first read it i was just kind of going through my news feed and this popped up I kind of wish I had an exoskeleton instead of bones. I think it would be better. (laughs) So after chuckling, I'm thinking, gee, I wonder what he meant by that. Is he wanting more external support for his life? And then I'm walking to work and I'm like, I have one of those. Like by which I mean, I actually have an exoskeleton. Let me show you. I got it on the clearance rack for $10. It's this thing that I put over me. Um, I got a, a small because there weren't me. I'm a very medium person and I got a small and all you do is you kind of put it over your shoulders and um, you attach it. It's not too hard or else I wouldn't be able to do it. And what it does is it helps you. It helps your posture because see in the past month or so since I started doing these recordings and being on social media more and that sort of thing. I do it from my couch a lot. So I kind of hunch over and hunch over and hunch over. 
And so my posture, which already wasn't great, was getting worse and worse and worse. And I was starting to get like cricks in my neck and like these, it was horrible. And my husband said, well, your, your posture is probably doing it. You have forward head motion. So I see this thing and what it does is it, it's obviously not a replacement for bones, but it helps me to stand upright. And so it basically augments this internal structure I have by helping me. It's it's ex, external support for my internal structure, honestly. And uh, it's been really helpful. It's kind of weird at first because I feel like, I don't know, I'm like a peacock. I'm kind of poking poking my chest out there. and But it it's helping me stand up straight. And what I'm realizing is the knots in my neck are going down. And uh, just everything is starting to feel a little bit better and I'm feeling myself strengthened. And now there's not too much wrong with my bones. They, they, I mean, God did a pretty good job in there, but sometimes because of a posture I take or because of other external pressure, sometimes I just, I I just needed a little extra support in making sure I walked upright and and this is not a professional one. This is the clearance rack version of an exoskeleton. <laughs> I've had friends who've had scoliosis or major back surgery, and they have something really much better to kind of help their framework on the outside while their internal framework is is, is cleaning up. And I, I'm sorry if this offends anybody. I had a friend way back, probably 15, 20 years ago, beautiful girl who had severe scoliosis, and so she wore this very boned and braced thing on the outside of her and we we jokingly called it an exoskeleton i I wasn't making fun of her we just kind of laughed about it because it felt like there were bones on the outside as well so i just thought that was funny when i read that because i said some people do have an exoskeleton (laughs) but then it made me think about you know the purpose exoskeletons they're the ones that are like on lobsters or crustaceans or certain ants and where they're all kind of mushy inside and all of the structure it's like all this mush inside of structure and but then it's on the out there's like a protection about it that's nice you know like the turtle shell it's hard and like people don't go after the turtle most people don't go after you know the the shells and that it's it's a protection thing and god gave us internal structure for a reason right but he didn't just give us bones you know he let me say if I can say this another way. This whole disheveled thing is is working against me. We were created with an internal structure, with a foundation, with, I do believe, uh, as St. Augustine said, we all have a God-shaped vacuum. We all have that structure in us that enables us, almost without fail, some sort of structure inside that helps us to stand upright, to live a healthy life, to move forward, to eat, sleep, breathe, but we all need help too. We all have times where we can't stand on our own. We all have times where we can't do those daily things that we're supposed to do. And it's like our structure's still there, but we need that exoskeleton. We need that extra support. We need that extra help. I think the reason that is, is that's how God made us. How do I know that? Let's look at the first three words of the Bible. Well, four in English, uh, five in English. In the beginning, God. That's four. In the beginning, God. Now, in the Hebrew, that word God, that's the third word, and that's plural. 
And that's the very foundation of that whole mystery of the Trinity where there's one God, three persons. One person, three personalities, however you want to say it. We don't even know how to explain it most of the time because we're humans and we're not that smart. But the idea is from the very beginning of creation, from before creation, God valued fellowship because God is fellowship, is three. And then just a few verses later, next chapter, in Genesis 2.18, he says it's not good for man to be alone. So immediately women, woman was created from a bone, from the skeleton. Or in some, some um, experts say it actually means half of, half of his skeleton. That, that word for rib can also mean side or a whole half. And so basically this one person became two people. And so they're, you're not really whole outside of connection with others. A lot of people do this through marriage, and that's good, and that's healthy, and I mean, I know I like my husband, but there's other, also other ways. There's community. We need to gather in community, and Paul in Hebrews 10 said, don't neglect the gathering. I mean, he, he wasn't even married, and he knew we need other people. We need people, like, <laughs> so to my friend, you kind of do have an exoskeleton because that framework of your church, that word for gathering is synagogue believe it or not. So when we talk about the Jewish church, we're really talking about gathering. And that word that we use in the New Testament for church, it means gathering. It means to be called out together. Ecclesia. So the very language of the Bible from the third word of the first verse tells us that we were created for community. Now I love, in terms of holding up our bones and our structure when we can't, I love this story of Moses, you know, like the leader of the Israelites, defied Pharaoh because of his leadership, built, beat, and looted the most powerful army in the world, Egypt, and delivered, you know, like something like a million slaves without ever using a bow and arrow. I mean, we're talking about holy, holy authority and strength here. And he did it when he was 80. So they're just basically just, just gotten delivered, just got past the Red Sea. God has just started giving him manna. Then they got thirsty and complained, which sounds kind of whiny, but I mean, people need water, you know? So God gave them water and, and now almost immediately the Amalekites come after them. And we are talking about Exodus here. Of course, I'll forget the chapter, Exodus 17. So the Amalekites come after them, right? Okay, so these are slaves. Yes, they just beat the army, but they didn't have to fight when they beat the Egyptian army. They're probably not real boned up on battle at this point because you know they were slaves they didn't want slaves to fight they wanted slaves to work so so Moses sends out one of his helpers Joshua and says go after the Amalekites take some people and Moses is like I'm going to go up on the mountain and I'm going to raise my staff I'm going to raise my hands and then you fight and I'll just like raising his hands up to God was saying God help us so that that was beautiful it's exactly what he was supposed to do obviously because these enormous giants of people, Amalekites, the same people that they kept being afraid of because they forgot that, you know, God was bigger. They, these, these Amalekites were just defeated by these slaves over and over and over again for as long as Moses could keep his hands raised. So there's a problem here. He's got this endoskeleton, you know, and he needs that extra support. He, I mean, how long can you raise your hands? I just dare you. 
Put your hands out left to right. Put a small can in each one and see how long it'll last. I bet you you don't last three minutes. I bet you most of you don't last one minute because I've done it before and it's hard. But so he's raising the staff and a staff may not be that bad until you have it raised for, you know, hours. So he would get really tired and lower a staff. Then all of a sudden the Israelites would start losing. So he'd raise a staff. Then he'd lower a staff. And all right, the Israelites weren't, weren't winning all of a sudden. And so there's this problem here because, see, they needed to win. Moses needed to have his hands raised, but he couldn't. So, like, sometimes we need to win and God calls us to do these things. And we know we're supposed to do them, but we just can't. Our internal structure is not enough. Enter her and Aaron. Aaron, of course, being his brother, Moses' brother. So they came and they propped these rocks up and they put their hands on the rocks and they propped Moses' arms up. So when Moses lost his ability to do the thing that he needed to do in order to gain victory, his friends, his fellow believers came and held his arms up for him. So again, I say to my friend, I don't know if I could totally interpret exactly why you said what you said about this exoskeleton, but I know that what resonated with me is, I, yeah, I, I need exoskeletons too. I actually physically need the support to help me stand upright, but I couldn't make it without my friends. Certainly couldn't make it without the Lord. And when we realize that, I think we're in a pretty good place because as it says in Matthew 5, blessed are the poor in spirit when we know we need God, when we realize we're bankrupt without the help and generosity of God and God's people, then it's kind of like going into a hospital when you know you're sick because then you're right on the verge of healing. You're right on the verge of getting what you need. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord for reminding us how much we need you. Thank you for the joy sometimes of need, God, because in leaning on each other, we build these wonderful relationships and we're reminded of your grace, Lord Jesus. God, I wasn't so wasn't so crazy about that technical breakdown this morning. <laughs> but even in that, I am reminded of my own limitations. I'm reminded that you'll bring about things and even despite limitations, and remind us of your grace, even through the limitations, God. Thank you for the structure, internal, spiritually, physically, that you've given us to help us stand upright. And thank you for those external sources, and for your own self, which is everywhere, that enables us to do anything that you would call us to do, Lord Jesus. Help us to continue walking in your grace, and to just recognize and receive your joy through it all. In your name, amen. Be blessed, my friends. Thank you.